0: Turn in your Bibles with me this morning to Genesis chapter 39, Genesis chapter 39, as we continue with our series, Down in the Pits, but born for the palace. Down in the pits, destined for the palace. Uh, It is so good to have you with us. Genesis chapter 39, if you want to follow along and take notes and fill in the blank. Uh, Please pull that out. If you don't have a sermon study guide, raise your hand and the ushers will get one to you this morning. Uh, Down in the pits, but destined for the palace. 3,500 years ago, ten shepherd men looked in the distance and they saw their half-brother coming. They could tell that it was their half brother because of the clothes that he was wearing. You see, their father their father, these ten these ten young men, their father bought their clothes on clearance at Goodwill, Salvation Army. Walmart. But their brother, their half brother. Their dad bought his clothes at Lord and Taylor, and he's wearing the priciest, fanciest threads that you can imagine. Who am I talking about? Joseph, as he wore his coat of many colors. His brothers hated him for it. They hated the fact that he was the favorite of the family. They said, let's kill him. Another said, why have his blood on our hands? Let's sell him into slavery. And so they stripped him of his robe. They stripped him of his clothes. They sold him to Ishmaelite traders, slave traders, who in turn sold him into Egyptian slavery. In ancient times, if you became a slave, you lost your name. You lost your inheritance. It was as though you never existed but for Joseph, times in Egypt went from bad to worse. Have you ever had days where it went from bad to worse? You thought, it can't get, any, it can't get any, any badder than this. It can't get any worse. And it did. Joseph is falsely accused of rape, and he's thrown into an Egyptian prison. Now, I want you to know that Egyptian, ancient Egyptian prisons are, were not like the country club prisons that we have here in America. You hear the latest in Flint, you know, they've deemed the fact that water is safe to drink in Flint if you use a filter. Well, uh, the inmates of the prisons in Flint, though, are still demanding uh, bottled water. And so uh, they've won their right to have bottled water. Uh, uh, the, the, the inmates, uh, the, the, uh, ancient Egyptian prisons, not like the country clubs we have here in America, Uh, Our jails, our our prisons. There in the ancient Egyptian prisons, you were put on bread, meager bread and water. Just enough sustenance, just enough nutrients to keep a person alive. They didn't want to kill you and end the suffering. They wanted to prolong the suffering and keep you alive long enough so that you would suffer. The horrendous, horrendous agony of an Egyptian dungeon. This was Joseph, the story of Joseph. And I imagine that as he was left to rot in that Egyptian dungeon, one question, one word coursed through the screen of his imagination over and over and over again. One word why why the why question keeps us awake at nights the why question makes us look older than what we really are the why question gives us emotional scar tissue For Christians, it can almost even be worse. For Christians, we can start wondering, is God mad at me? Is it because I don't have enough faith? Am I being judged for the sins of years ago? Why? I want to talk to you about the why question this morning in a message I've titled, Why? Pray with me. Father, in the name of Jesus, grant us ears to hear, hearts to receive what you are saying this morning. In the name of Jesus, amen. 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 Let's look at the reasons why bad things happen to good people. Bad things happen. To good people. Early on uh, in our marriage, Becky and I were shopping at Kmart and I, I was walking at, uh, down the aisles of Christmart am Kmart and, and as I was in the fitness aisle I noticed these pictures of these men with bulging muscles. I noticed pictures on equipment and devices. Men with big chest, I mean six-pack abs, ripped. Uh, I want to be like that. And uh, I saw for the expensive price of $5, I could buy this chest spring that as you pull these springs, it would make me look like Arnold Schwarzenegger of the 80s. And you start off with one spring and work up to two springs, finally up to five springs. And you're ripped when you get to five springs. I brought that home, took off my shirt, got in front of the mirror because uh you know, I wanted to see myself develop over time and, I mean, get really ripped, and uh, I pulled the one spring, and I, you know, that's not so bad. And me being, of course, a real patient individual, I said, you know, this business of one string is going to take a lot of time. I'm going to do five springs right now. <laughs> <laughs> Ah! Ah! And I grabbed a fistful of chest hair. (laughs) Folks, you don't know pain. Like having your chest hair ripped off your chest. That chest spring is still gathering dust the last I saw it back home in a storage area. Reason number one, why does God allow bad things to happen to good people? God allows troubles in our lives to produce persevering faith in us. Those two words, persevering faith, is another way of saying spiritual muscles. Spiritual muscles. Just as in the physical, so forth in the spiritual. No pain, no gain. No pain, no gain. Joseph... Kept trusting God no matter what. You especially develop spiritual faith muscles when you apply faith during tough times. When you trust God during tough times. Check it out. When he was sold as a slave... The Bible says in Genesis 39, verse 2, he kept trusting God, and the Lord was with him. Genesis 39, verse 20, he's left in prison to rot. He kept trusting God. Uh, uh, The Lord was with him. When he was promoted to the palace, because that can be a precarious time for us to grow spiritually, when we get blessed... Yet when he is promoted to the palace, the Bible says he gave the glory to God and not to himself. He kept trusting the Lord. He said in verse 16, God will give Pharaoh the answer he desires. Through his troubles, Joseph never stopped trusting God. Uh, In fact, his faith became stronger. He developed faith muscles. He developed persevering faith. How many of you want to to grow spiritually? How many of you want to develop faith muscles? You want to mature? If you don't raise your hand, you can make an appointment with me this week. I'll put you off to Pastor Hal, who's on vacation. We all want to grow spiritually. We all want to mature spiritually and have faith muscles. But the flip side of the coin is, are you willing to go through what it takes to grow spiritually? Reminds me of the teenage boy that wanted to be physically fit. He wanted bulging muscles. Uh, He wanted to have a six-pack ab, and he wanted to be really ripped. And so he talked his dad into buying him barbells. And to buy him weights. His dad paid with the credit card and then said, Son, you got to carry all that out to the car. And the son said, Me? You want me to carry all that weight? <laughs> we fail to understand that with spiritual muscles comes exercise. Each time you go through a hardship, each time you go through a trouble, each time you walk through a trial, a testing experience, a tribulation that God has allowed to take place in your life, but you keep trusting God no matter what, you become stronger and stronger and stronger in the faith. (laughs) Your faith being tested as gold refined in the fire becomes more and more and more precious to God. This is the reason that the Lord allows these experiences to come into your life. Does the teacher at school despise you when he or she gives you a quiz, a test, an exam? No, they want to make you smarter. Does the coach hate you for making you run laps before and after practice? No, he wants to make you more of a winner. When it comes to the game, when it comes to the contest, he's wanting to develop muscles. She's wanting to develop muscles in you so that you become more effective, more successful in the fight. This is what God is doing in our lives. Hebrews 12, verse 1, Let us run with perseverance the race that's been set before us in this race of faith, God doesn't want sprinters. God is looking for marathon runners. God doesn't want you to put on a short burst of speed and then collapse. God wants to look down from heaven and say, Still going, still going. Even though cancer is diagnosed, still going. Financial reversal, still going. Uh, Tragedy, death of a loved one, still going. Still trusting me. uh, uh, Disappointment from people, disaster, divorce, desertion, still going. This is the kind of servant, child of God that the Lord can say, well done. Thou good and faithful servant. God allows trials, testing times, tough times to come into our lives also so that we may comfort others. Would you fill in the blank on that one? To comfort others. The Bible says that Joseph comforted those who were in prison with him. You know, many times when we're going through a painful experience, we do well just to comfort ourselves with our hurts, our pains. God has designed tough times, down times to sensitize you to the hurts, the pains, the needs of others. Have you ever discovered that when you go through a surgery, a hospital stay, have you ever discovered that when you go through a very painful experience, it sensitizes you more to the hurts and the needs of others? Conversely, when you're going through promotion, when you're going through blessing, when you're, uh, everything's going your way, it's easy, it's easy to turn a blind eye. To the needs of others but when you have gone through a sorrow when you've gone through physical pain when you have gone through the accusations and the hurts caused by others when you have come face to face with a deep dark disappointment it softens your heart to become more understanding more empathetic With others. This is what the Bible says. Paul said this in 2 Corinthians. Praise be to the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of compassion and the God of all comfort, who comforts us in all our troubles, so that we can comfort those in any trouble with the comfort we ourselves receive from God. You can say to that one, I've been there. I know what you're going through. This is what the Lord did to me. This is what God spoke into my life. This is how God carried me through the valley. And he'll do the same for you. Thirdly, God allows trials in our lives so we can experience the applause of heaven. The applause of heaven. Listen to what Peter, the apostle, taught. Be truly glad. There's wonderful joy ahead. Even though the going is tough for a while down here. Can you be truly joyful? When you're going through tough times Peter says you can these trials are only to test your faith there it is again to see whether or not it is strong and pure it's being tested as fire tests gold and purifies it and your faith is far more precious to God than mere gold so if your faith remains strong after being tried in the test tube of fiery trials it will bring you much praise and glory and honor in the day of his return. Would you underscore, highlight, circle that last sentence? When will you receive the applause? When will you receive the adulation? When will you, you receive the glory? See, God wants to glorify you. When will you receive the honor and the glory? In the day of Christ's return, we're talking about heaven, heaven. My dear Lakeside family, if I brought up someone up here right now that was healed dramatically, had a miraculous healing from cancer, and we had all been praying, this place would come unglued, you'd stand up and you'd all be clapping. And rightly so. The Bible says we rejoice with those who rejoice. We weep with those who weep. Rightly so. But can your pastor give you an admonition of thus saith the Lord? Don't get so caught up in the miraculous that you lose the awe of those who keep trusting God no matter what. That you lose the awe of those who keep the faith even when the answer doesn't come, even when the healing doesn't come, even when the miracle doesn't come. They remain unbent and unbowed and they keep trusting God even in the darkness. It's for those that remain unbent and unbowed in their faith and keep trusting God with a bulldog tenacity. They will not let go of the person and the promises of God that God has reserved the applause of heaven. I was just sharing. This is my third service this morning. I was sharing with Solid Rock uh, Cafe, our congregation in our chapel. Uh, I was sharing. You see that tech booth up there? I said to the, the congregation, for years, a man worked the projector up in that tech booth by the name of Bill Bilo. Bill, Jerry, you know, has been a part of Lakeside for more than 25 years. Uh, Bill was with us at the old building up the road. It was about five years ago that Bill and Ann came to me and said, Pastor, Bill has been diagnosed with pancreatic cancer pray with us, please minister to us, but we don't want anyone at church to know. That's their own private decision. We prayed for a miracle, we believed for a miracle, we expected a miracle, we surrounded Bill by faith. But as I preached last week Sunday, the Bible says that the secret things belong to the Lord. We don't have the answer to every why question here on earth. Job didn't. Read the book of Job. Job, who suffered more than anyone else, never found out why this side of eternity. It was just... This past winter, I was in their home, and I was serving communion to Bill, and I said, Bill, I want you to surround yourself with pictures of you being healthy, being strong. I want you to expect the miraculous. I want you to expect health and healing. But I say this to you, Bill, if God, who is your creator, God, who is your designer, God, who is your Lord, he is the potter, and you are the clay, and we exist for His glory, if God desires and designs to give you a perfect healing from which you'll never ever die again, if God decides and determines to take you home, You keep trusting him no matter what. You keep holding on to the promises of God. You keep standing upon God's word. You keep trusting the lover of your soul. And I tell you, Bill, you'll walk in through heaven's gate. You'll walk on streets of gold. And you'll hear the applause of heaven. And you'll hear the words from the throne of God. Well done, thou good and faithful servant. Uh, You kept the faith. You finished the course course you have fought the good fight and that's just what happened with bill we get caught up in miracles of today where what's the most precious thing to the heart of god cuz he has an eternal perspective this life for god is like this it's a mist it's a vapor here today, gone tomorrow. From the eternal perspective, God especially delights. In a faith uh, that remains untarnished, uh, unbent, unbowed, a faith that refuses to throw in the towel. And during tough times, this faith just gets tougher. It gets more tenacious. It hunkers down like a bulldog and will not let go of the person and the promises of God. Will you have that kind of faith? Don't allow bitterness They'll creep into your heart. Don't allow the why question to keep you up at night. Trust him. He's a good God. He's a great God. He's not only almighty, he's all-loving. Our response, write it down, our response to our troubles, though, is, is far more important to God than understanding why bad things happen to good people. As I've shared, when you rightly respond to your troubles, when you rightly respond to your tribulations, and I know it's easier said than done, but when you rightly respond by trusting God no matter what, you develop faith muscles, spiritual growth, an enduring faith as you keep trusting God. The walk of faith is the learning to let go to your comfort, your security, let go of your dreams, and to hold on to what God desires and designs for your life. It's letting go of your strategies and how to wiggle and worm your way out of your problem and holding on to the word of God, the wisdom of God, holding on to his hand. I love to tell the story of the mountain climber who was rock wall climbing hundreds, thousands of feet up a sheer rock wall. Yes, he was using the rope. He was using the tackle. He was hammering in the pins as he was going. And then as he was up hundreds, hundreds of feet, all of a sudden one of the pins snapped loose and he's falling, free falling, screaming, help! And he grabbed the edge of the cliff. He is literally hanging on by his fingertips when he shouted to the top of the mountain, somebody, will somebody help me? I don't want to die. I will help you. I am the Lord your God and I am here to save you. Oh God, please help me. Help me now. I don't want to die. Yes, I will help you. Only let go and I will bear you up with my everlasting arms. Is anybody else up there? And that's just how we are. Rest, relax, let go. Let God have His way. Trust Him. Hold on to His promises. Trust in His character that He's a good God. God, a loving Father. Hold on to your testimony. Remember He's been faithful to you in the past. Remember and how He's made a way where there seemed to be no way in the past. As you project towards the future, know that you know that you know that somehow, someway, your God's going to make a way where there seems to be no way. Jesus said in Jesus said in John 16, 33, Jesus said this. This is very interesting. In the world, you will have tribulation. It's not a great way to start off a sermon. Jesus would not uh, do well with today's positive preaching uh, pulpiteers. In this world, you will have tribulation. Now listen to what Jesus said next. Please be positive about it. Is that what he said? I ask you, be of good cheer. Is that what Jesus said? Nope. In the Greek, which is the original language of the New Testament, it's the imperative tense. The imperative tense was always used in the military sense. What we have here when Jesus said, in this world ye shall have tribulation, be of good cheer. That's a military command. It is not an asking. It's not an interrogative. It's not a question. Jesus is not inviting us. He's commanding us. In tough times, be of good cheer. Be of good cheer? Lord, the doctor just told me the big C word, cancer. Be of good cheer. Lord, my children that I prayed over so much have turned out to be one huge disappointment and you tell me to be of good cheer how can you tell me that Lord he answers that in this world you shall have tribulation but be of good cheer for I have overcome the world (laughs) You can be of good cheer, Jesus is saying, because He has already won the greatest battle of your life at the cross of Calvary. He has overcome the works of darkness. He has saved you. He has rearranged you. He has bought you a one-way ticket to paradise. He has made a way for you where there seemed to be no way. He can say, be of good cheer, because you are a child of God. You are a child of the King. And hallelujah. I've read the end of the book, Uh, the end of the book, the end of the book, the end of this book doesn't end in a whimper, it ends in a roar, we win, we're on the winning side, hallelujah, amen. Be of good cheer, your God goes before you and behind you. He makes the crooked places straight. He has provided, He is providing, He will provide. If you don't receive your miracle now, you'll receive it then. But somehow, way, you're going to end up victorious. Now you've got a choice. In this world, you will have tribulation. You are going to run into trouble. It's part of being a human. You have a choice to get better or bitter, to be a winner or a loser. There's no middle ground in this. So you might as well be of good cheer because he has overcome the world. Stop being a whiner and be a winner in the name of Jesus. Responding to life's troubles with God confidence. Write it down. Responding with God confidence moves us from our prison experiences to God's palace destiny for our lives. Think of it. Though Joseph was innocent, he spent 13 of his best years in slavery and in prison. He could have become bitter, but because he kept trusting that somehow, way, God would fulfill his destiny, his dreams. God was able to promote him because Joseph had positioned himself for blessing. If you're going through a dark time, if you're going through a deep valley, if you're going through trial, testing, tribulation, tragedy, trouble, I ask you this question. Are you positioning yourself for the palace? Are you positioning yourself for promotion? Are you positioning yourself for better times? On July 4th, we're gonna go on the lake. I still haven't bought my sailboat yet. I one day wanna learn how to sail. I do know this about sailing. I can't control the wind, and neither can you. But I do know this about sailing. I can set my sail. To Catch the wind when it blows. I can position myself to move across that water. Joseph refused to become bitter. Though 13 years in slavery and imprisonment, he positioned himself for promotion. Are you positioning yourself? Are you setting your sail? Are you remaining God-confident? so that in God's timing, in God's good pleasure, he can move you from the pit into the palace. Hallelujah. Joseph did it, and you can too. Amen. Amen. Lastly, no matter the storms of life, recognize God is the captain of your ship and rest in his control rest in his control after jacob their father had died this is the end the end the end of the joseph story you if you've ever read the story you'll note that joseph after he went from the prison to the palace after Joseph became the vice president of Egypt and rescued Egypt from famine that he also ended up rescuing those same brothers and their families and their children's from famine by giving them free food from Egypt's banqueting table years later When Jacob the father died, those brothers, those ten brothers who had sold their own brother Joseph into slavery, they came and cringed. Uh, They fell before Joseph and they said, Make us your slaves and don't kill us. Joseph was grieved when he heard those words. And this is what Joseph said to them. As far as I'm concerned, God turned into good what you meant for evil. For he brought me to this high position I have today so that I could save the lives of many people. Your God is not just all loving Your God is almighty. And I don't care what cancer has done to you. I don't care what disease has done to you. I don't care how deeply people have disappointed you and hurt you. I don't care what the forces of hell have done against your life. Our God is so powerful powerful, and his might is so potent, uh, he can turn evil into good. Uh, He can take what the enemy thought for disaster and turn it into blessing in your life if you'll just trust him, uh, if you'll just keep walking with him, if you'll keep believing in your God who cannot and will not fail you. We serve such a great God. He's such a good God. What was intended for evil, God can turn into the good. What's your part? I said, What's your part? Your part is let God do the driving. I don't know about you, but if there's anything, I just can't stand. I just can't stand. I just can't stand. I can't stand backseat drivers. Now, make sure that the video and the tape is not recording this part right now. There is no worse backseat driver than my mother. Now, if you want to know who controls the home, Just walk into somebody's house during TV time and look and see who's holding the remote control. I have have the greatest wife in the world. I know I'm going to get negative critical comments because of what I'm about to say. But anytime, anytime, anytime I enter the room, the great room, and it's TV time, she always hands me the remote control. Wow, what a woman! But if you go to my parents' house, my mother sits in the recliner, my dad sits on the love seat. You go to my parents' house, my mother has all the remote controls. <laughs> I hope retirement doesn't mean that. I hope old age doesn't mean that. And if you ever go, my kids will bear this out if you ever go driving with them, My mother has this old, I mean, it's archaic, it's prehistoric, it's a Garmin. And even though both of them have smartphones with GPS, she's there with her Garmin telling my dad which turns to make, and how to drive, and where to go, and she's there, look out for that cat crossing the road. Oh, there's a pothole. David, turn now, now, now. They were one time, my mother using her garment, they were one time in the cell phone lot, the cell phone lot at Tampa's airport. All they had to do was come from the cell phone lot to area C, you know, and they got lost because of my mother getting directions with her garment from the cell phone lot to terminal C. They ended up going across the bay. A Tampa Bay, 11 miles where they couldn't turn around. I mean, well, that's, I got to let you out of here. Let God do the driving, He is the captain of your ship. You might be going through a terrible storm, a dark time, a financial reversal. You might be going through a health crisis right now in your life. Let God do the driving. You might have your strategies. You might have your experts. You might have the specialists that want to tell you what to do, how to do it, and when to do it. But I am here today as your spiritual leader and shepherd declaring to you, let God do the driving. He's wiser, he's more powerful, and he's more loving than any power you can ever imagine. And he is for you and not against you. If God be for us, who can be against? Let God do the driving, and the end result is blessing, it's victory, it's glory. Well done, thou good and faithful servant. I think i got one more blank to fill out, don't I? Put that on the screen for pastor. Joseph discovered then that God's pathways to the palace are often through life's pits what you thought was disaster what you thought was pain what you thought was the worst tragedy to ever come your way was god's pathway to the palace would you stand with me this morning we've had a lot going on this morning thank you so much on a holiday weekend for being in church we've had many different announcements this morning that have taken time thank you f- for remaining in this service a minister that i know pastors a church i love the name of the church all mighty God tabernacle can you say that with me Almighty God tabernacle you'll understand at the end of the story this minister like myself was studying late on Saturday night to ready himself for Sunday morning and he thought I'm gonna call my wife quick and just let her know I'm coming in later tonight quick dialed the number and the phone rang and rang and rang, no answer. He thought, that's strange. She should be at home at this hour. So he waited a while longer, called her again. She picked up right away. And he said, why didn't you answer the phone when I, when I called an hour ago? She said, the phone never rang, and I've been here all night. He told her, I must have called the wrong number. I'll be in later tonight honey he preached through his sunday services as i am and then on monday morning in the office the secretary said pastor pastor there there's a gentleman on the phone who desperately wants to talk to you he does not attend our church the pastor said hello the gentleman said you don't know me i don't know you but You called me Saturday night the pastor said oh I am so so sorry I knew I I found out that I called a wrong number I am sorry no don't be sorry the gentleman said let me tell you the rest of my story I've been running from God for years I was brought up in the church but I turned my back on God my parents have prayed for me desperately but I've been rebellious my life ended up in one affair after another drug addiction Saturday night I was in the pits I was ready to end my life and so I was standing up on a chair and I would put the rope around my neck and just before I jumped off the chair to hang myself. I said, God, if you exist, God, if you are really there, God, if you really love me, give me a sign. Give me a sign and I won't kill myself. Just then the phone rang and I went over to the phone. I went to the caller ID and right there on the screen it said God Almighty, I was so scared I didn't pick up the phone (laughs) and just then I fell to my knees and I said oh God I repent God you've got my number you know right where I'm at God I repent and I'm calling you right now pastor to ask you what do I do next I want to serve God I want to say yes to Jesus is that you this morning whether you're a saint or whether you're a sinner hear the word of the Lord God's got your number he knows you better than you know yourself and he has a destiny for your life His destiny is not the pits. His destiny is not the prison. His destiny is the best. It's the palace. It's promotion. He loves you. The question is, will you let him do the driving? Bow your heads with me this morning. Father, in the name of Jesus. His heads are bowed and eyes are closed. Lord, Lord. We are here this morning and we ask for your Holy Spirit even right now to come and wrap your sweet arms of love round about us and call us to yourself. As heads are bowed and eyes are closed here this morning, is it a time you say yes to Jesus? Is it a time got your number he desperately loves you even right now he's calling you to himself I'm not asking you to join this church though I'd love that I'm asking you to join Jesus if you're not sure you're right with God and you want to be sure if you're not certain that heaven is going to be your home and you want to be certain I'm going to pray a prayer. It's a prayer that will make you right with God. It's a prayer that will open up the door to heaven. It will change your life. If you would like to be included in this prayer, if you would like to say yes to Jesus, demonstrate your faith, As heads are bowed and eyes are closed, just lift up your hand right now so that I can see it. If you want to be included in this prayer. God bless you. God bless you. God bless you. How many more this morning? God bless you. God bless you. Five hands lifted up for Jesus. How many more? Lift it up high. God bless you. Six hands. God bless you. God bless you. I'm looking up in the balcony. Here on the main floor. You're tired of doing the driving. You're tired of trying to do it your way. You're tired of going in your direction you're ready to let God do the drive seven hands God bless you precious Jesus keep those hands lifted up high Christians are praying everyone pray this prayer out loud with me especially you that have lifted your hands own this prayer right now dear Jesus I come to you right now and I declare you are the captain of my ship you've got my number you know me better than I know myself so Lord I'm gonna let you do the driving I give you control of my life I make you my leader but first of all I make you my savior save me from my sins I believe you died for me I believe you rose from the dead with resurrection life. I want that life, Lord. A new life. A changed life. Thank you, Jesus, for hearing me. For changing me. For giving me a home in heaven. I thank you, Jesus, that I am saved. I receive this as I believe it. Amen.